0: The directorial debut of Sam Soko, Softy is an intimate look at the life of Boniface Wangi, a daring and audacious Kenyan photojournalist and activist who fights for Kenyan citizens to change a very corrupt political system. His supportive wife Njeri, stands by him and often protests alongside him. They have three children. Her priorities are shifted to the family Boniface, on the other hand, decides he wants to take his ideas further and run for political office. And I will leave it there because there is so much to this story. It is an amazing documentary film and such an intimate look into the lives of these wonderful people. The film is called Softy, and we're joined today by the director, Sam Soko.
1: Sam, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so very much. You must have had a very close relationship with Boniface because it seems that you have been invited into every part of his life when the making of this documentary film. Tell me a little bit Mm -hmm. about how you got to know him and why you made the decision to move forward with this documentary.
1: Um, Thanks so much for having me. Our relationship with Boniface mm started about seven years ago and he at the time was like this rising activist um, particularly with street protests because he was he was executing incredibly visceral and visual protests that were symbolic in so many ways so like he took um, coffins empty coffins to parliament to symbolize um, member of parliament's greed and at the time we had the idea of making like an activist manual like kind of film his protest and his method of protest um into like short videos and kind of utilize them to engage with other people who want to you know want to speak up or wants to do something so in the beginning how we started out was to make short clips basically and you know share them on youtube and (laughs) however like you said our relationship developed and um i kind of started getting like i started getting like um a feel of the level of sacrifice someone like him goes through which is clearly misunderstood um in the outside because again um that's not something he wants people to see i always give this example like when if you think about someone like martin luther his level of sacrifice at home in particular was not something that he wanted the public to see. He was, cause he was like, it's all about the struggle. It's about making change. And I think at that moment is in and around the time, I also started to engage with his family, his wife and his children. You kind of started seeing like there's a whole other side to this conversation that I feel in many, many narratives, um, lies neglected or is kind of passed over. And, I was lucky enough that they trusted me to kind of to not only share their side of the story, but also share moments which were in- incredibly intimate. Yeah. And and I think that really helped and really kind of gave me the motivation to see this as a feature film and kind of things just picked off from there.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that is the big question in the film, which is, his desire to be a leader in his community and in his country and his family those are two things and to and Jerry's credit she wants to be a she wants that to work together she's very much wants the family involved she wants to be involved in what he's doing you just see this unnatural a, a tension you would mm-hmm. expect in any relationship as exactly. it unfolds. And there's the, the heart and soul of the film is their relationship and their family. And the part that you are cheering for is the political side. I mean, you're cheering for them to do well, but it's, the, yeah. it's, his, it's his willingness to face down very brutal Physical. regime. And um, well, let's talk about Kenya a bit. And talk about the political situation that Boniface was facing when he decided he wanted to run for office. Talk a little bit about yeah. that if you mind.
1: An interesting thing, like Kenya, like most other African countries, was colonized by uh, Western power. In our case, we were colonized by the British. What happened was at the time, because they, they kind of used um methodology now, you know, everybody says, you know, divide and rule, yeah. but it was more of like they kind of gave certain dynamics. And in our case, the dynamics were placed on tribe. So every tribe, you know, they kind of favored some tribes and kind of oppressed other tribes and kind of used some tribes to oppress the other tribes. And, And that created a very crazy inherent dynamic that we never dealt with once we got independence. Because what happened was after we got independence, successive governments, have never tried to deal with it because it kind of works for them, and a lot of politicians do the same thing, and that's not—it's not like something that's only take place in Kenya. It's something that happens in many, many countries in the world. If you—if you look at it in the U.S., where the idea of tribe is basically party, you—you you kind of have you know the Democrats and the Republicans those are tribes essentially. And what happens in those cases is like when you have politicians who fan the flames of disagreement instead of looking for the places where you could have conversations in the, for the betterment of the people. In the Kenyan example is the politicians use these tribes to kind of create blocks for their elections and kind of point, you know, you should vote for me because I'm from your tribe. Not necessarily, this is the, these are the values that I stand for. And this is what, this is how I want to do things. We just base our disagreement purely based on the identity of, of someone. And the consequence of that is every five years, whenever we're going to an election, things become more and more polarized. It's, it's crazy like um, in this case what, what is happening in the US is kind of feels a bit new for Americans but from a Kenyan perspective we've experienced this all our lives so it's kind of that moment like every time you're going to an election and you know you are a concerned citizen you're afraid because things feel like they can go haywire yeah. in our case we've seen them go haywire several times and the cons- the, the the thing that the film kind of challenges and questions is kind of provides a reflection on that and kind of like, let us see ourselves and let us look at the decisions we make and the decisions we don't make. Let us see the questions we don't ask that we should ask. And let us see each other as human beings who genuinely want something better for, not only for ourselves, but our families, and our country.
0: What that does—that—that that dividing a country up into a tribal kind of political dynamic—is it also gives the power to the to the people who are in power. Mm-hmm. They don't need to explain themselves. All they need to do exactly. is essentially uh, call upon these mm-hmm. these preconceived notions of each mm-hmm. other. And also it becomes a shorthand for, for all of, it's reinforcing kind of shorthand, right? Reinforces all of, It it, it and it hardens it and makes it even more difficult to try and talk about, as you said, and you're right. We, we have been talking about this in our country now for several decades that it seemed to be moving in a direction similar to what you described. And we are here now. And exactly. so, and uh, and what we're yes, at a time when we could not be more in need of leadership, we are now talking past each other. And it's you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. And um, well, let's get back to Softy. By the way, the document is called Softy, and we're talking with the director Sam Soko. And thank you for that ex- explanation of Kenyan politics. But I do have a question, a little bit uh, more about Kenya. Is there a particular? What is the main industry? Tell us where Kenya. So, Kenya set, is. Yeah,
1: just Kenya is. Um, of course, everybody's kind of biased about where they come from, but Kenya, beautiful country in the world, and it is incredible in so many ways. And we have a lot of a lot of our money. I, I would say comes from tourism. Just you know, because of how beautiful we are, <laughs> and we do export a lot of agriculture, a little mining, but we are also like an economic hub in Africa, yeah. um, particularly Eastern Central Africa. So, like the banking banking industry, telecommunication, Kenya is is central to that conversation, and very many organizations in the world, big organizations, you know, like Google, for example. Have one of their Afri- African headquarters in Kenya, so it's it's essentially one of the heartbeats of Africa, right. and and that's why um, a lot of the times our our politics and and the the kind of struggles that we face essentially are put in the back burner, because is is those the uh, I would say the bar of and not having conflict in, is so low that you're like, at least you're not fighting like this other country. And that's, that becomes a problem because that it's, it's, such, it's such a low bar to, yeah. to talk about because we are one of the most corrupt countries in the world. Um, we have one of the highest gaps between rich and the poor. Our members of parliament, for example, comparative to the gross income of like gross household income are the highest if the highest if not the second highest paid members of parliament in the world totally doesn't make sense but that's a reality it's
0: a formula for corruption is what you're saying exactly if you want to get into that club here's the price you pay you got to pay you've you pay. got to pay
1: yeah you got to pay yeah that's and even though and politicians politicians like Boniface or people who want to engage um, in that space um, with different message or kind of provide um, a different direction, don't stand a chance because the the system doesn't allow them to, to stand a chance. But again, that's what makes um, in the film, that's what makes his journey and trajectory very, very interesting because it's one of the first times that we have a politician, for instance, this is going to sound ridiculous for an American audience, but in Kenya, it's ridiculous to ask for voters for money to fund your campaign. It's the other way around.
0: It's the other way around.
1: Yes. Like if someone wants my vote, they have to pay me and highest bidder wins. So when a, a candidate comes and they're like, here are my ideals, here are my values these are my principles this is what I want to do this is my plan but I want you to back me to go engage and execute this plan. An average Kenyan is like why? does
0: that speak to a kind of a a, a um, apathy or or a something that I can too. We have just given up that this is always the way the
1: system will be. Is that <laughs> and part I of... I feel, and, you know, initially, because just being in the Kenyan space, you do feel like there's a ridiculous sense of apathy. And people are tired of things not happening. Because yeah. every, every elect- electoral season, you do get these promises. You do get whole manifesto. Someone is like, this is what we want to do. But it never happens. Like you know um in our case taxes keep rising while the value of our taxes keeps going down um and it i think it also speaks with what's happening in the world in very many countries like a lot of voters are tired they're pissed they're angry because they have been receiving promises for decades so in the kenyan in the kenyan side what we do is we, we don't even want to know what you want to do we know you're going to steal so <laughs> just cut this deal very quickly. You pay me my money and go steal as much as you want. And it's sad, but that's the reality. And I think the film kind of offers an opportunity for us as Kenyans in particular to have that conversation, but yeah. also offers an opportunity other people in other places that they're not alone in being tired. Yeah. And it's possible to encourage candidates who can come in to do something.
0: Well, the first one through the door in terms of changing the dynamic in any mm-hmm. situation, especially something where you're you're really trying to fight against a, a very pervasive political system. system. And yeah. it's not just the politicians, the police. the There are so many institutions that are lined up with mm-hmm. the power structure. So and including the Election Commission, which is I'm not going to give anything away because that's a <laughs> big part of the film. But I, I just. I, it's it's one of those jaw dropping moments in the film. Fact, fact
1: is stranger than fiction, and like, yeah, fact yeah. is stranger than fiction.
0: But also, I want to talk about Boniface in the sense that um, what motivates him. What, and you spent a lot of time with him. Uh, mm-hmm. He comes across as someone who was genuinely devoted to making his country better. Make. Therefore, making his community better, therefore making a better life for his family, he mm-hmm. sees it as a top-down opportunity to the place he loves to be a better environment for everyone, and it'll help him and his family in the long run. Mm-hmm. What motivates him? What did you find about him that and he, there's so much to admire about him in the film? But what mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about him as a person?
1: His Boniface's background is in. Incredibly complicated and difficult. Um, I think he mentions it in the film that he was—he's one of seven children, with five different fa- of with a single mother of five different fathers, and it, it's you know he grew up very poor and like in a very very difficult life, and somehow, again in a very complex way, like this could have been a film in its own right he managed to claw his way to become a photographer, a photojournalist. And even with his earlier work in photojournalism, one way that really helped him in rising that work is he understood that side of the world that a lot of people had neglected. As he kept rising and he kept moving up, again, fate caused him to kind of witness one of the worst electoral atrocities that happened in Kenya. Like he took some incredible photographs, but that messed him up on so many levels because you kind of don't understand how people who are neighbors can all of a sudden start fighting each other yeah. because of a politician. Like totally doesn't make sense. That anger and that pain, and he 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 kind of channeled that into his activism. And once he met you know, an incredible woman an incredible woman like Jerry, and then they had children. They, it kind of defined his vision and his choice. I think the central question of the film is what comes first, country or family? Yeah. Because he genuinely believes that doing better for your country does end up benefiting the family. And that kind of provides a bit of the conflict that exists between her, him and and Jerry. But that motivation of like, if I do this, then, my family would be better and i other people wouldn't have to go through what i went through as a child but that yes makes him like a very highly admirable character but also makes him a very complicated character cuz it becomes he's <laughs> jerry says this in the film like he's not one to easily share and jerry becomes a mirror to his life and their life And in a space, and you kind of, she helps you understand why it's complicated and difficult for him to share.
0: Yeah. She is just a (laughs) remarkable woman, too. I just fell in love with her. She's a, she just, uh, what a great mother she is. And those children are so, and they're amazing. (laughs) They're just, how can you not love that family? I mean, it's just, they're they're so, yeah, yeah. Uh, it it's they're, they're
1: my they're my highlight in filming the, the kids like seeing them growing up just um is one of the most incredible things i've ever experienced in my life
0: and you see it in all kinds of situations that mufass is going through and jerry and him i just there's so many so many things and i'm not doing a good job of explaining <laughs> it it just to say it's a beautiful thing to watch well, what is this, how has this film changed you, Sam Soko, in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, as it, obviously uh, an award-winning film from the Sundance Film Festival this year. Uh, it's been quite a journey, I'm sure, for you, not only as a person, but also as a filmmaker. Well, coming mm-hmm. through all of this on the other side of it, um, what inspires you now? What did you learn from this experience?
1: Um, there's, there's so many lessons you learn, especially when you make a documentary for this long. Emotionally I think um, it taught me sacrifice and what like kind of like you know because you have like a first-hand view of what sacrifice looks like. You do sacrifice yourself and you do give a lot. We gave up, I I gave up a lot to make sure we make this film but when you see people who are close to losing what is most dear to them it, it takes it to a whole other level and seeing them fighting for a cause that, to a point, feels like a losing battle. It kind of, you have to think, and emotionally that, it kind of really made me understand what sacrifice looked like. But it also gave me hope as a Kenyan that we need to keep doing stuff. And in my case, I need to keep making such films to engage with with people to have conversations with people, to inspire if possible, to just be part of that zeitgeist of transformation and social change and defending of democracy and civil liberty. And that's something that really, it's like a fire that kind of kept really like an emboldened me, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I would call it, um, as in filming terms, (laughs) I have learned a lot about filming protests. (laughs) So <laughs> Yeah, well,
0: yes, there's a number of them in the film. And uh, there's one I'm near the end of the film, and I'm not going to say anything more than yeah. how, how nerve wracking and frightening that must have been for you mm-hmm. and for many others in that situation. Mm-hmm. Because it did feel like it was different. It felt that particular demonstration and the impact it has on the life of Boniface felt like it felt like something that was more specific mm-hmm. to him as opposed to the protest itself. Uh, am I, I hope I'm not being too-
1: it, 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 No, no, no. It's like, for me, it's kind of like, and it's, it's those things, again, you never really plan for them, but then when they happen, it, it kind of becomes a point in which someone stopped him in that moment and asked him, what are you going to choose? And, and I think when it happened, of course, in your mind, you're thinking, is he okay? Um, is everything going to be fine? And, you know, you, you have to talk to his wife and be like, yes, this happened, but he's okay. And that sort of thing. But eventually, um, it, that's what it became. It became that moment for him to ask himself, where where is he? And, and I think if we, without giving up a lot, it's saying we end the film in the same way in the sense of that we're not giving you answers. We're not saying, you know, you should prioritize family over country. We just, yeah, we essentially just provide the reality and a kind of honesty of what Boniface and his family have gone through and their their reaction to their experience. And you, you are left to make, to take away what you feel is a response for yourself.
0: For me... It felt like it may or may not be the end of Boniface's story, but it certainly feels like it's not the end of the story, whether it is about Kenya, whether, whether it's about him. That's how I interpreted it. I'm always fascinated by documentary filmmakers because of your leap of faith. You, you get into a project, there's no trajectory that you know you're going to end up at the end of this, mm-hmm. you're going to be here, but you know that when you start something like this, in many ways it reflects the journey of Boniface. You don't know mm-hmm. how this is going to end, you don't know how this is going to go, but you're willing to take the chance and 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 begin that journey, and you did that with with to and his family, and hopefully, the people of Kenya will get a better outcome because of the, some of the work that was done by him and by the. Hopefully, that that is that is where I hope this goes. Yeah, this is I a, hope one, so too, man. Yeah, well, congratulations again on Softy. Thank you so much, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the film again is Softy, and we've been talking with the director, and that would be Sam Soko. Uh, all the best to you.
1: Thank you, and all the best to you too.